Welcome to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where the pastors get together. We talk about what's coming up in worship this week. Have a little fun along the way. I'm Pastor Steve. I'm, I'm here past- with. Oh, I'm Pastor Megan, interrupting you. And <laughs> who's not here? Oh, Pastor Brandon Aww. is not here, and you should all razz him. It's because he is taking a well deserved break because the poor old man is turning 40. Bom, bom, bom. So he needed He's a little so moment. Young. I know. It's just the worst, the poor guy. So you should really make sure, um, you know, help him across the street because an old guy like him. You know, he just needs that extra support. Pastor Steve and I are both <laughs> defi- just... definitively older than Pastor Brandon. Yes. So this is... I'm definitively older than both of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> My gray hair is oh, uh, showing right now. It, but, but it makes us feel better about our own flaws to point out the same flaws in someone else, that's right? right? That's right, yeah. But Pastor Brandon, he he's still young at heart. Oh, my as, goodness. As are we all some days. We all. <laughs> <laughs> But we're uh, so uh, flood Pastor Brandon's email with condolences. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But we're here to talk about what's coming up in worship this week. Well, and flood was a good choice of words, oh, frankly. See what I did there? Hey, because <laughs> uh, we're talking about the, uh, Jesus talking about being living water what? effectively. Well, that's part of it. And it's yeah. a, whew, there's a lot going on in oh, this it's passage. It's a great passage. Yeah. So, so last week, Pastor Megan, uh, give us the, the, synopsis of where you took us last week. Right. So, I mean, as a reminder, our our sermon series is called I Am, and it's all about, you know, what we learn about who Jesus is in the Gospel of John. And and in last week's reading, we finally heard the first of John's official I am statements where, where Jesus says things like, I am the resurrection and the life, or I am the good shepherd. And last week he said, I am uh, well, how does it, I am the bread of life. He says it another way too. No, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Basically, Jesus says, I'm bread. <laughs> and people go, ah. Um, so, and then he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people go, what? <laughs> and then they all leave him. <laughs> they get kind of mad because that's weird. Um, it's not that weird. We know we know what's going on there. So it's the first time that Jesus does, does that kind of I am statement, although we've heard him say, I am, much like God said, I am to Moses in the wilderness. So we're supposed to pick up on that. Uh, so we're getting used to Jesus comparing himself to uh, to other things, to and saying this is how we understand who Jesus is. And where was he in that scene? Oh, gosh, that was a whole week ago, man. Was Jesus in Jerusalem then? No, he was in Capernaum. <gasps> He's in Capernaum then. That's right. Ah! He's up there. And remember, in the Gospel of John, geography right, matters. Right, right. So Where he's are you? Up in the north country up there mm-hmm. by the fishing boats mm-hmm. up there oh, in Galilee. Right. <gasps> and he had just walked on the water, and then he's in the synagogue telling them, I'm the bread of life. So since then, we come into uh, chapter 7, and I'll fill in the blanks between that scene and our scene that we're preaching from this week. So Jesus... Uh, it's this really interesting little scene where we meet Jesus' biological brothers. And they're like, so, Jesus, you heading down to the Feast of Tabernacles? Wait, wait, you know? pause. Pastor Steve, Jesus' biological brothers? What? what? Did you know Mary had more children? Yeah, Mary, sorry. did you know? Oh, my you gosh. You had lots of kids. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're in wrong season, Pastor Steve. Oh, man. Just, yes. So, friends, just it, depending on what tradition you came from, that might have kind of thrown you for a bit of a loop. But the Gospel of John is indeed it's – just, it's just what we hear right here in John. It's okay. Don't lose your mind. Don't lose your faith. <laughs> it's it's real. It's, it's fine. it's very short. It's so you very can skip short. Over yeah, you can, in fact, we do skip over it. We're yeah. not going to read that what he's, this week. What, he's, what they're doing, though, is they're taunting him. And they're saying, well, if you're so, if you're the Messiah and you think you're all that, shouldn't you be in Jerusalem, like, strutting your stuff? And he, and Jesus says, you know, the world hates me, but they don't hate you, so you guys go on down. <laughs> it's just a great little scene. But then, then it flashes into the scene cuts to Jerusalem. And the religious leaders in Jerusalem are like, where is he? Where is he? And Jesus sneaks into Jerusalem and kind of, pops out of the shadows and goes, ta-da, and he starts teaching. And the crowd, I mean, everybody is like astounded by his teaching. And they're like, how how can this guy, wait a minute, this guy's from Nazareth in Galilee, right? But he's teaching like the best rabbi there is. How is this possible? And it really divides the crowd. And then the next scene, the crowd is like, huh, the religious leaders are not arresting him. So maybe he is what he says he is. And the crowd starts getting divided because the crowd actually really likes him. But so some of them buy in. But the other half of the crowd is like, okay, we like what he's saying. But he's from Nazareth in Galilee. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. And and as we uh, we didn't read it at the end of last week's reading, but we heard like kind of that first taste of how divisive Jesus is even when he's kind of not trying um, because he said in our in, in last week's reading you know I'm the I'm the bread that comes from heaven and you have to you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood and my father is the one who sent me and people are like whoa what well if you continue on in that reading it, it what you hear is that a bunch of the people who followed him part ways from him after that they just can't deal with they're like, this is too much. This, this is, is too uh, much. This is too far. We can't yeah. go here with you. So so all sorts of people are splitting off from him because of his teaching. All sorts of people are are getting more excited about him yeah. because of his teaching. And it's becoming very it's becoming very yeah. divisive. Can you imagine uh, a public figure mm. who divides crowds? I, I is, can't is there, imagine the, that. Could there be <laughs> ever polarizing figures? Imagine a society that mm. is polarized mm-hmm. over issues. I and, can't. And people are are excited that. to hear what is being said, and people are dismayed and frightened by yeah. what is being said. So yeah. interesting. It is an unfamiliar thing to us. So, just before, in verse thirty-two, just before our reading, because our reading starts in thirty-seven. Yes. The religious leaders, they're like, okay, we got to do something. So they take the temple police. So these are not the Romans. These are the temple police, Jewish, the Jewish guards. And they say, go arrest him. And so they go to Jesus to arrest him. And they say, and Jesus lays one on him. And he says, uh, you can't go where I'm going. And they're like, where? He's like, where my father, uh, you will search for me and not find me. Where I go, you cannot come. And that's all he says. And and so then it goes into our reading. So Pastor Megan, just read the whole passage and then you yes. can tell us what it means. Yes. So on the last day of the festival, which... Having to look back multiple verses, that's the, the oh, festival I forgot to of tell boots, you about the, the festival. festival of tabernacles. Oh, yeah, that's true. We were going to oh, talk about what yeah. that is. So we'll it's stop here. Verse 37 because says, on the last day of the festival, which is... Yeah, the, the Festival of Tabernacles, some people call it the Festival of Booths, was an annual festival. It's basically a harvest festival 
where it's a week-long thing. It's one of the big festivals of the Jewish culture of that day. And I mean, even today. Yeah. And so what they would do is people would flock to the city of Jerusalem and they would build these little uh, tents out of straw or uh, palm branches or pitch a little tent. And it was designed to reenact the Exodus story where God led the people through the wilderness in tents and that God tabernacled among them. Remember, the tabernacle was right in the middle of the camp, and then everybody else was in tents. The tabernacle, which is the, the presence of, of the God. presence the, of yeah. God the, that had the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant in it, and God's, God's Shekinah glory filled the tabernacle. And then whenever the pillar of cloud and fire got up and moved, everybody would roll up their tents, roll up the tabernacle, and follow God through the wilderness. And then when a pillar stopped, they would pitch camp there. So the people are nomadic, right? And so the Festival of Booths um, remembers that. And there's this moment in the festival, on the final day of the festival, when the priest would take water from the Pool of Siloam and march it up to the altar and pour water on the altar. And the water would just overflow the altar. And this was uh, commemorating the story in Numbers chapter 20, when the people were thirsty in the desert and Moses struck the rock and water came out of the rock. And it also is like a, a thanksgiving to God for rain and God providing living water. That's super important. Ooh. So now let's listen to Because as Jesus we're says. about to hear, starting on John 7, verse 37, on the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now, he said this about the spirit, which believers in him were to receive, for as yet there was no spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some in the crowd said, this is really the prophet. Others said, this is the Messiah. But some asked, surely the Messiah does not come from Galilee, does he? Has not the scripture said that the Messiah is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David lived? So there was a division in the crowd because of him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the temple police went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why did you not arrest him? The police answered, never has anyone spoken like this. Then the Pharisees replied, surely you have not been deceived too, have you? Has any one of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, which does not know the law, they are accursed. Nicodemus who had gone to Jesus before and who was one of them, asked, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they are doing, does it? They replied, Surely you are not also from Galilee, are you? Search and you will see that no prophet is to arise from Galilee. Boom. So saucy. Ooh. <laughs> well, Pastor Megan... What is going on? What jumps out at you here? Oh, my gosh. Well, so kind of everything that we just talked about a little bit, right? There is this this hard division, right? Even just as we heard in the middle, you know, some people said this is the prophet. Which prophet may they have been referring to? Yeah, maybe Elijah. Who knows? So this is a prophet. This is someone important. No, no, no. Better than someone important. This is the Messiah. And other people are like, no way is this the Messiah. So even the people who hear him and are with him, 
are confused, are, are divided. It's why whenever someone says, oh, if Jesus ever returned, I know exactly. No, you don't. You wouldn't recognize him. You wouldn't know him if he was standing in front of you declaring he was living water. This is, this is the nature of being human. We don't often see the forest for the trees, right? We, we, get, a little, we get a little hung up. Um, so the division is a big deal. There's this whole thing that Jesus is talking about, about being living water. We've heard of him. We've heard him refer to himself as living water before. We've heard him refer to himself as bread before. There is this clear movement for Jesus saying, no, 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 with me. There is life. You have what you need for this day. You don't have to worry about anything else. I am the one to give you what you need. So there's this, this constant movement of Jesus saying, I am, hence the, you know, sermon series. Um, and then also, I'm just kind of struck by the fact that, that we see Nicodemus again. And the last time we saw Nicodemus, he was coming in the middle of the night, asking Jesus questions, going, uh, you're not, no, I don't know what to do with you. Um, and Jesus isn't having it. And so it's really curious to me that now Jesus, uh, that Nicodemus is very like, very gently going to bat for Jesus, kind of giving him this, well, we can't judge him without, you know, at least hearing from him, right? Mm -hmm. Which yeah. is a very softball way of saying, a very softball way of saying, uh, maybe we shouldn't kill him, like, now. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all these just really exciting pieces. It's like, it's the drama continues. Yeah. Interesting. So interesting. There's, so one of the games that we're invited to play when we read the Gospel mm. of John is to compare stories. Yes. Like these stories are definitely designed to put up against each other. And what's really cool about this particular story. So, so last week, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. But he also talked about bread and water. Yes. So we're talking about food and yes. life, right? And he's up in Galilee. Mm -hmm. And back a few weeks ago when Jesus met the woman at the well, when he told her about living water, what happened? Oh, give give this to Transformed me, man. Transformed right? the whole I, village. I will they share were, it with like, everybody. They were yes. all in. Yep. They and they're drink. Samaritans. They're yeah. Samaritans. The wrong people, <gasps> right? And and what I think is so fascinating is that Nicodemus, who was the story just before that, mm -hmm. is brought back into this story. Mm -hmm. So so the gospel writer is tying all of these. It's like a snowball story. Yeah. It just keeps snowballing. Where he so he intentionally brings Nicodemus back in to tie you back because Nicodemus was in Jerusalem, and all Nicodemus could do was ask questions and be befuddled by Jesus' teachings. So here we are back in Jerusalem. The religious leaders are like, we we have to stop him. We have to arrest him. But the police wouldn't do it. Yeah, even the police are going, hold on a second. What? Who are? What is this guy? This He's guy's saying some amazing. pretty amazing stuff, and I'm not sure I'm ready. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and so what, it, what it's showing is the hardness of the Jerusalem mm -hmm. hearts, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because it's the same living water. And so, uh, and so then another thing, again— the game we play in John is contrasts. And so in the opening line, in the opening poem of the gospel, it says, and the word became flesh mm -hmm. and pitched a tent among us. Tabernacle among us. So here we are in the, in the festival of tabernacles. And Jesus is saying to the people of Jerusalem, while he's standing in front of the temple, mm -hmm. right? The contrast mm -hmm. between a tabernacle, which is a little tent that you can pitch and move when God leads you. Mm -hmm. 
it's as opposed to this enormous temple of Herod, which is one of the wonders of the world. It is the icon of money, power, and corruption mm. that the religious establishment has mm -hmm. completely lost its way. And the author of John knows that it's already been destroyed right. when the gospel's written. As a reminder, folks, just know that since John is the latest gospel to get written, as far as we know, uh, it's written, we're pretty sure, well after the yeah. temple has indeed been destroyed. Right. So it's like it's everybody's in on the end of the story already yeah. by the time they get their hands and, on this. And it's one of the main reasons the gospel is written, right. because these Jewish disciples of Jesus are like, what do we do without a temple? Right. And so the Gospel of John is reminding them, you don't need a temple. You've actually never needed a temple yeah. because the Spirit of God dwells in you. You, the body of Christ, the bread and the blood, like we talked about last week, you are the body of Christ. You are the tabernacle because Jesus said, if you abide in me, if you eat my body and drink my blood, you abide in me. Yep. I abide in you. Yep. I'm the tabernacle. You're the tabernacle. Right. Right. And You're out. You're spirit, doing it. Yep. And the spirit of God is going to move you into the whole world. And that's what this is all about. I just, I mean, just like we read, because we we read in verse 39. Now, Jesus said this about the spirit, which believers in him were to receive. For as yet there was no spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The moral of the story, though, is that the people reading this know that Jesus had indeed been glorified. Yeah. They know the ending of the yeah. story by the time they're reading it. They know that Jesus has has died and has risen again yeah. and has ascended into heaven and has promised and delivered on the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So people know that that is a, so it is affirming what they know. Absolutely. That, that they never needed the temple. That they they never were dependent on 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 that hierarchy that was established for I mean in good cause but like all human institutions became corrupted. Like they know all that the spirit yeah. is at work at them and and this just affirms yeah. what they are living and here we are in the 21st century mm. and so much of christianity is an institution yeah. that is as solid and stale and resistant to what god is actually doing yeah that it might need to come down right Right. When when the goal of the institution has become maintaining its own power as opposed to doing that which God charged it to do, um, man, something's got to give. And please, friends, do not hear us saying, your pastors hope the church is destroyed. That's not <laughs> what we're saying. What we're saying is that throughout history, throughout the, the life of God's people, God is present. God is active. People get off track. They get hung up by, by power or by greed or by fear or whatever those totally normal human things are. And God goes, nope, 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 and, and nudges and redirects. And often that nudge or redirect also comes with some pain, with some yeah. suffering. I mean, there's the, the exodus was, was hard freaking work. Man, they lived in the wilderness for a long time, but that needed to happen. Um, when, when God's people went into exile, what a terrible struggle. And yet in that, through that, God remained present and God's people were able to reconsider who they were and what they were about. The temple gets destroyed. Spoiler alert! The temple gets destroyed and they went, who even are we are? And they, and they figured it out. And so now, friends, what I am saying is, while we hear a lot about, oh, the downfall of American Christianity, and I mean, yeah, sure, that's that's concerning stuff. And I would rather ask the question, what is God doing through that? 
you know, what what is it that I want to hang on to because I'm human and because I want power and control and I want to be the boss? What is God telling me to let go of so that what God really wants to happen can finally happen? Like that's that's the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, dear listeners, may the living water mm. of God's Spirit flow in you and overflow from you this week. And let's not get hung up on the institutional stuff, but let's, let's actually be the body of Christ in the lives of our neighbors this week. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this session of Carry On, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Ooh.